0: We Christians are often seen as people who are looking for a pie in the sky and empty hope. We do cling to hope of eternal happiness. But a Bible-believing Christian is not someone who ignores the harsh realities of this world. In fact, we have the perspective that this life is full of trials and troubles and tribulations because the Bible presents the world this way. The Bible presents this perspective of reality. Through wisdom is a house-builded, and by understanding, it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Hi friends, welcome to the Treasure Box Books Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ching, a redeemed child of God, happy husband and homeschooling dad, and lifelong lover of good books. Fellow dad, are you eager to fill your children's hearts with truth and faith and wisdom and courage? Do you long to build growing, lasting, God-centered relationships with your family? If you're ready to inspire and equip your children to walk with God by learning and living together, then come join us on our journey, and let's go find the treasures in books. This is going to be one of the most unusual episodes I have recorded and probably ever will record typically of course i'm talking about books and dads but in this episode uh, something that um, goes beyond the scope of books it goes beyond uh, the scope of dads reading to their children spending time with their families i want to talk about the fires in maui of course we are in hawaii But we are on a different island. We've had many people reach out to us from the mainland, even from overseas, asking how we're doing. And I appreciate the concern. We are on Oahu. The fires are on Maui. And I say are because they're not completely contained yet. But the Lahaina fire, the fire that burned down Lahaina, is on Maui. that is, of course, far away. We did get smoke last week when the fires were burning. um, I had taken some of the kids out to the other side of the island and I noticed that the smoke was very thick and very heavy. At first we thought it was rain as we saw it up against the mountain and then we realized it wasn't rain. We thought it was a vog which is a phenomenon that we get here in the islands when the wind blows just right if the volcano is erupting. But I checked uh, the Hawaii Volcanoes National Park website, and no eruptions, and so didn't know what it was, and um, it wasn't until Wednesday that I realized that there had been a massive fire uh, on Maui. Well, I want to talk about that fire, and some some things that I've been thinking about. Hawaii is home to world-class early warning systems. We have these uh, siren towers all throughout. The coastal areas of the islands and they are tested the first uh, work day of every month they're mainly to be used for tsunami warnings and that's what we expect them to be used for and so they're tested every month just to make sure they're in working order but on august 8th 2023 that tuesday uh, they did not sound in lahaina in fact one of the themes that I'm hearing from survivor testimonies and interviews is that there was no warning given, really. In fact, listen to what this gentleman said. Mike C., survivor of the Maui fire, said, no sirens. There were no text messages. There were no police. Firemen come by. He continued, he said, the only reason I knew there was a fire was because I see people running for their lives in smoke. Absolutely no warning at all. I wish... There was just more communication. And that is typical, that is representative of many of the interviews that I've listened to. There was no evacuation order. In fact, there is one report, I don't know if it's true, but there was one report that an official on Maui told residents of Lahaina to shelter in place. I don't know if that's true. Uh, The state's electric power provider did not shut down power in the power lines going into and through Lahaina. In fact, there may be evidence, uh, there is actually a class action lawsuit, as I understand it, against the electric provider because there were lines down, live lines were blown down and may have started the fire. Uh, One news report stated that the fire moved a mile a minute with winds gusting up to nearly 70 miles an hour once people realized they had to evacuate they had time only to grab their children or their pets and get into their cars and try to get out that happened to a friend of mine who lives there in lina or lived there his house is now gone and with the roads clogged with the heavy traffic from all the evacuees movement slowed to a crawl one survivor told how the police blocked off the best way to get out of Lahaina. They didn't realize what was happening in Lahaina. They didn't realize that the fire was raging in Lahaina and they were blocking off a road that would have led to safety because there were downed power lines on that road. They were trying to keep people off the road. Some people, one report said, broke through the barriers and survived. Many people died in their cars. They were caught by the inferno before they could escape. Many also escaped to the ocean, and that seems like that should be a safe place to go. But even then, in the water, they weren't safe. One survivor said that even 50 yards out, boats were on fire. In fact, boats burned down to the waterline. As of Tuesday, August 15th, one week after the Lahaina fire, 106 people were confirmed dead, and that is only after 32 percent of the affected area has been searched by military and police with cadaver dogs. By the numbers alone, the Lahaina Fire is being called the deadliest fire in modern U.S. history. One survivor said, everyone we know lost their homes. Another survivor said, we didn't just lose our homes, we lost our town. We're thankful so many survived, but there's deep sadness even for the survivors. Most of them have lost their homes and their livelihoods, and many of them have still not been able to find their loved ones who lived in Lahaina. Reports are trickling in of confirmed identities of people who died in the fire. As I watched the news reports about the fire, one interview grabbed my attention, in particular what one man said, Uh, There were two men in the interview. Both of them crawled into the water together and they stayed in the water together throughout uh, for several hours, I think they said six hours. And one of them, the younger man said that he was terrified because there there was ash, there was debris falling down from the sky onto his head. We've seen some of the videos, burning embers are flying through the air over the water, over the coastline there. It was smoky, it was hard to breathe, it was dark. But here's what he said that stood out to me from his interview. It was the way he described the ideal in just a very short sentence. He said this, It felt like we were in hell. It felt like we were in hell. And those words just clung to me. Now, As a Christian, I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe it is the perfect pure, preserved Word of God. And because it is the Word of God, I believe it accurately presents reality for what it is. We Christians are often seen as people who are looking for a pie in the sky and empty hope. We do cling to hope of eternal happiness. But a Bible-believing Christian is not someone who ignores the harsh realities of this world. In fact, we have the perspective that this life is full of trials and troubles and tribulations because the Bible presents The world this way. The Bible presents this perspective of reality. In Luke chapter 13, the Lord Jesus Christ discussed two tragic situations. Both, I would say, sum up the kinds of tragedies that people face. In verses 1 and 2, there's an atrocity. The Roman governor Pontius Pilate, the Bible says, mingled the blood of some Galileans with their sacrifices. I take that to mean that he apparently had executed some Galileans while they were offering sacrifices to God. That's an atrocity. It's man against man. In verse 4, the Lord mentioned what we might call an accident. A tower fell and killed 18 people. And the Lord Jesus Christ asked a very interesting question. Concerning the atrocity, here's what he said. Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? In other words, do you think it was because they had sinned more than others that they endured that kind of atrocity at the hand of Pilate? In verse 4, he said, Or those eighteen upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? It's easy to think that when bad things happen, they happen because someone was bad. The Lord was saying, whether in the event of the atrocity or in the event of the accident, what we might call an accident, is it because they were greater sinners? Here's what he said. He asked the question, do you think there were bigger sinners, worse sinners than than others? And to answer both those questions about both the atrocity and the accident, here is what he said, I tell you, nay. That means they were not worse sinners than others. It wasn't because they were worse sinners. It wasn't because they had committed greater crimes against God that they suffered these things. He said, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, he was talking now to the people right there in front of him, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And he said the same thing in verse five. I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish, 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 He wasn't saying that unless you repent, change your mind about yourself, your sin, and the Savior, that you will die in the same way that they died. It's something deeper. The word perish is a very interesting word in the Bible. It can mean die. But if you look at it carefully, the very first time the Bible uses this word perish to describe what happened to a group of people who rebelled against God, it is in Numbers chapter 16. And in Numbers chapter 16, verse 33, we read these words, they and all that appertained to them, all that belonged to them, went down alive into the pit and the earth closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation. In hermeneutics, how to study the Bible, the law of first mention The first time something is mentioned in Scripture often is how it's carried through and then later developed throughout the Scripture, throughout the Bible. This is the first time the word perish is used to record an event that happened. The word perish is used previous to this, but this is the first time it's actually used to record what happened, and it describes how people went down alive into the pit. Now we come to the New Testament, and in John chapter 3, I expect that many of you are familiar with this verse. John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, in the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so, perish is the opposite of everlasting life. What is everlasting life? Jesus said, This is life eternal. Jesus praying to the Father in John chapter 17. He said, This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is life eternal. Knowing God the Father, and knowing God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and knowing God for eternity, being with God for eternity. This is everlasting life. So what is perishing? Perishing is the opposite of that. He said in John 3.16, Not perish, but have everlasting life. What is the opposite of being with God for eternity? What is the opposite of spending eternity in complete and perfect and abounding happiness? It would be being separated from God in absolute complete, total darkness, sadness, sorrow, grief, torment. In Luke chapter 16, the Lord Jesus described a man in hell, and he said, I am tormented in this flame. I know this is not popular to say. I know this is becoming less and less popular by the year. But the fact is, Jesus preached about a place called hell. The New Testament describes a place called the lake of fire, perishing is the opposite of everlasting life and jesus said in luke 13 talking about atrocities and if you will accidents except ye repent ye shall all likewise perish so what does that mean in the new testament there are some examples of people who repented the word is not used but the fact is there the truth is there the picture is there and the first that i'm thinking of is the thief on the cross there were two thieves on one on either side of jesus of course and one of them sometime during the crucifixion. At first, they both mocked him, but something happened in the heart of one of them, and he had a change of mind about the Lord Jesus Christ and about himself. He looked at the other thief, and he said in so many words, how dare you mock this man? He is righteous." He is an innocent man, but we are receiving what we deserve. And then he looked at Jesus and he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Somehow he had a change of heart and a change of mind so that he could see Jesus not merely as a fellow criminal being executed, but as the Lord who was going to rise again and come in glory in a kingdom. And Jesus looked at him and said, Verily, verily, I say, truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. That man repented. The next example I'm thinking of is in Acts chapter 9, when a terrorist, yes, a terrorist toward believers in Christ, toward followers of the way, was on a terrorist mission to arrest believers in Christ, haul them back to Jerusalem, with the likelihood of them being executed. And on that road, Jesus appeared to him. And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And Saul of Tarsus had a change of mind and a change of heart. He repented and he believed on Jesus Christ. And later his name changed from Saul, a prideful name, to Paul, meaning little. He would preach repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Luke 13, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. I want to avoid any, any perception that I am using the horror and the tragedy of the fires in Maui to use it in some way for some kind of selfish purpose that is not at all my intention. What that man said brought all this to my mind. He said, It felt like we were in hell. Jesus said, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. If you don't repent, Jesus was saying, in modern English, if you don't repent, you will perish just as they did. Just as they died physically, unless you repent, you will die spiritually. You will suffer the consequences, the wages of sin. That sounds like bad news, and it is. But there's also good news couched in that sentence. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. What is he saying here? This is a warning. The people in Lahaina did not have a warning. Jesus here is giving us a warning. That's why he preached on hell so often in the New Testament. It wasn't because he delighted in it. No, it was because he was warning us. One survivor said, we had no warning. There was barely even an announcement, and the next thing we know, the winds were gusting up to 60, 70 miles per hour, and there's fires popping up everywhere. Jesus didn't want us to be without a warning. And so he said, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. What's the good news couched in this verse? The good news is, if you repent, then you shall not perish. If you change your mind about your sin, you're breaking God's law. If you change your mind about God, change from the perspective that he is wrong to the perspective that he is right and I am wrong, and change your perspective about who you're trusting in. The thief on the cross turned to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me. Saul of Tarsus placed his faith in Jesus Christ, the Lord. I assume, and perhaps wrongly so, that most or all of you who listen to this podcast are saved people, Christian people who know the Lord Jesus Christ, have trusted in Jesus Christ to save you. But I don't know that. I don't know who everyone is. So let me humbly and in love repeat the warning that the Lord Jesus Christ gave in Luke chapter 13. If you don't repent, if you don't change your mind about yourself and your sin and the savior then you will surely definitely without doubt jesus said ye shall all likewise perish and please believe me that i am not saying this from a position of arrogance from a position of of pride or any way thinking that i am better than anybody else one of the men who survived the Mallee fire was interviewed by one of the national networks, and he described how he helped a family from the mainland. They were vacationing, I think, from San Francisco. They were vacationing in Maui, and he helped get them into the water. They were afraid to get into the water. It was a family with five children, and he said, The father handed me his two-year-old son, and I held his two-year-old son for several hours. And then he said, a large piece of plywood flew off of a building and onto the water. And, and we clung to that, to that piece of plywood. He said that plywood saved our lives. But here's what he said. When you're in that situation of life and death, you don't care who's around. You just want to try to help anybody. And we scrambled. It was our life as well. But we were willing to stick around to help this family. I don't know how to say it convincingly enough. Believe me when I say, I am not saying any of this to sound holier than thou. I'm saying this because I simply want to echo the warning that Jesus gave, and I can't help but echo that. Again, all through the interviews, the same theme. We had no warning. And as of last night, there were 106 confirmed Dead. And it's very likely that many, many more will be found. Why? In large part because they didn't have warning. And that's all I want to do with this episode. That's all I feel compelled to do with this episode is to say, please listen to what the Lord Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 13. You know, when we see the footage of the fires there on Maui and you hear the stories of people losing family members and thinking about uh, men holding on to little children, or teenage boys holding on to their mom in the water, or families trying to rush through the flames in their car. It uh, it, It brings grief. It brings sorrow. It brings sadness that is difficult even to understand. I can't understand what those people are going through. And it's hard for us to think about eternity, It's hard for us to think about what will happen to our soul in that moment when we step out into the other side, when our heart stops beating. But so many of those people didn't have warning, and suddenly those flames became very real. And my friend, I I plead with you, please listen to the warning that Jesus gave. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Well, this has not been a typical Treasure Box Books podcast, and on the one hand, I would like to apologize for that. On the other hand, I beg you please to be patient with me as I feel compelled to repeat this warning that Jesus Christ gave. The good news of the gospel is that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. I hope, I pray, that every one of you who listens to this has or very soon will do what Jesus said. Repent and believe the gospel. Thanks for listening. I do sincerely pray that God will bless each one of you. Please pray for the people on Maui. Many of them have lost, of course, their homes, their livelihoods, On the show notes page, you will find links for donating to people there and to ministries there who are helping in the recovery. If you heard something helpful today or feel better equipped to lead your family, maybe you have a friend who could benefit from this episode too. Don't keep it to yourself. Hit share in your podcast app or take a screenshot of this episode and share it with a friend or just post a link on Facebook to treasureboxbooks.com and let your friends know that this episode might encourage them. You can find any links and resources mentioned today on the episode page linked below, or just head over to treasureboxbooks.com and sign up to get our newsletter to keep you informed about future episodes and product releases. And if you've got a book recommendation or experience or idea you'd like to share with other dads, send me an email. My address is Nathan at treasureboxbooks.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until we meet again, keep leading your family to find the treasures in books.